0: All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 305. Jason Lingren is with me, and we have John Schott. Uh, We're going to cover a bunch of things that have to do uh, with the health of a human body. And in hour two, we're going to get into a lot more, and I'll put it right up front. Um, In hour two, we're going to talk about natural birth, immunity over vaccine, circumcision. This is an interesting thing. I don't think a lot of people have an idea about ideas around circumcision, And pros and cons, why we do it in the first place. Uh, Getting rid of nanoparticles will show up in hour two. Borax and other baths, disabling biofilms. We'll talk a little bit about EMF, mitochondrial function, and some light therapy, which is something I've been very interested in. Uh, I talked about it before. What was the name of that author? Jason Dinshaw, I think is his name. But anyhow, welcome.
1: And good morning.
0: All right, man. I'm missing a beautiful day uh, to be in here recording, but. Such is my fate.
1: Beautiful day here as well.
0: I spent all yesterday trimming up rose bushes that are older than I am, but hopefully I'm, I'm going to go mega on flowers this year. Uh, I'll do my herb gardening and everything like I normally do, but I'm going to put in a bunch of flowers. So we got anything? Can we jump into this?
1: No, let's jump.
0: All right. Welcome, John.
2: Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited.
0: Let's start things right. You've got a book, and when we first met you, it was not quite out. Is that book out now?
2: It's out this Wednesday.
0: Okay. Can um, you, can, well, by the time this goes live, it will be out. So um, can you give people all the information they need on where to find it? And I'm assuming you have a login for Crow Triple Seven Radio. We'll make sure that's in comments under the episode.
2: Yeah, I do. And uh, thank you for that. The, the title of the book is called Rewilding COVID, Natural and Practical Health Solutions for Optimizing Your Immunity During the Coronavirus Pandemic and Beyond. And I can get a little bit more into the title of it because it's really not about COVID per se, but you can find the book at rewildingcovid.com. That's R E W I L D I N G, COVID.com. It's available on Amazon and through Kindle and paperback and some other venues. All
0: right. What I appreciate about the book when I first, when you first sent it, so we could see what you were laying down. I appreciate some people may not get what you're doing here with that in that word in the title. Um, yep. What you're doing is you're going middle of the road so that it becomes hard to censor. People holler at me all the time because of the way I title everything and I do it on purpose and it works. It's just unfortunate when you go back to find an older episode, the titles aren't helping you too much. But that is the price we're paying uh, in an era of heavy, heavy censorship. But where do you want to jump in here, John?
2: Well, I want to touch a little bit upon the the concept of rewilding, because this is really what truly makes us human, right? When you go when you go and explore uh, the definition of the word wild, typically there's a really strong misconception that that means uneducated, savage, or unruly, or somebody who just breaks things and is something to be contained. And if you really look at the essence of what the word wild means, it's something that's growing in the natural environment. It's not domesticated or cultivated and and that's that's part of what's definitely happening happening in our world today because for some reason we've managed to make ourselves very domestic a, a very domesticated species so the concept of rewilding or making us wild again is basically a, a way of me presenting the opportunity for people to reach into that aspect that's not domesticated that's wild and that is symbiotically has a symbiotic relationship to nature which is what the human needs to thrive you know everything we see today and i go this i I go uh, into detail in my book about certain foundations of what makes a human thrive and healthy and and in robust uh optimum health and these are all related to the natural elements earth water air fire. And there's several relationships that we have with these elements that we've had for generations and generations and generations. I mean, this was a concept that was naturally embedded into our our species that has been artificially pushed out. And, and I get into light and all these elements in the book. So to start off, if you really think about wildness, it's almost like the ultimate taboo, right? There's so many things that are taboo that are In our society as far as tuning into nature and intuition and all these things and a lot of it is trying to be beat out of us because when we tap into nature and these elements and that wildness factor i mean it it presents a different layer of what a human is supposed to be so i definitely would love to to get people just thinking about the concept of that and what makes us a really engaged wild human that's naturally a part of the ecological cycles of the of the planet
0: what you're expressing here is um saying basically the same thing that i've been saying a long time the importance of nature um the examples that we lose that we need uh, to basically be free which we can go into at some other time uh, but what happened along the way is you called us domesticated i think that's a perfect description we are we're being herded around at this point and the starting point for that in my view Uh, And my personal view was the separation of living men and women from nature. And you can go back to the ideas of things like pagan and people got shamed and treated badly. What that basically meant was people were in touch with nature, living in nature. And the further from nature we've removed ourselves, I guess is the way I would say it, is we've entered into fantasy. So right now we act like we're going to visit a site. And first of all, the site doesn't exist. And second of all, you're not going anywhere. And this is part of my argument with the whole crypto thing. Um, It doesn't exist. It's a fantasy, and it removes us from where we need to get back to, which is basically what we're about to talk about and what you're laying down here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I work with a concept of fitness that's a little bit out of the box. And most people think of fitness as exercising, going to the gym, you know. And some people are a little bit further along the path as, as, as to exploring natural movement of what the human's supposed to do move like. But when I talk about fitness, I like to see it in the concept of what's our environment. And as humans right now, we have different uh, relationships with three different types of environment. One's the natural world, one's the virtual world, and one is the city or urban world. And we've become really uh, well adapted to that virtual and, ur- and, and, and city type world, whereas we've kind of had a deficit of the natural world, which is the one that I'm trying to bring forth into people's lives and through the education and through the book and through everything that I do with coaching and and all that is tapping into that natural world because we become very unfit for the natural world. And that's the part of of, of the environment and the fitness of the human that actually gives you the most health, the most vitality, and ultimately, like you mentioned before, the most freedom. Because this is all about freedom at the end of the day. So that's that's a good uh point going back to the concept of of wildness is that what are we fit for right now and unfortunately most people have become way way too fit for the virtual world although I
0: guess I would make the argument that we really haven't adapted we do it we live there we're not adapted very well though we're unhappy we're unhealthy oh. Uh, We're not living as long. We're getting all these weird diseases, almost, I don't know, a huge percentage of our old people are losing their minds because of the way we've lived. So I think, again, what you're pointing to, the importance of nature, the example set there, it's a way back to sanity. And as I've said so many times, and people like to try to beef about this too, but I'll say it again, there's no lie in nature. There just isn't. If something is made there, uh, you're not going to do better for the most part than that. But uh, you want to jump in on the idea of breathing and air?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that's great because I agree with you. We haven't been fully adapted maybe to to this virtual world. And I don't really think, it's my belief that I don't think we're going to like properly adapt to this because there's so many things that are not in our favor. Breath and air is one of them. If you look at somebody's life when they wake up till they come back home, Typically, they're going from box to box to box from a home, which is a square box into a car, which is another box into an office, which is another box into back into the car, back into the home. And what kind of air are you breathing throughout that? It's definitely stagnant air. It's not pure air. If you factor in exhaust and all the pollution and all the other factors that those we don't have control over right now because society is so chaotic and explosive. But what do we have in in our control? And that's what I focus on. I'm like, okay, what do we have that me personally, the individual can do to enhance myself and therefore my environment, my family and and my community and breathing fresh air is a huge part of it. So opening windows, going outside, having plants inside your house, which will help clean your air and take some of these off gassing and and persistent pollutants and deactivate them. Charcoal bags that you can put in the bathroom for mold and, and all these things. So now what we're getting at is basically taking What are the inputs that the wild human or our natural state of the human needs to create an environment indoors and outdoors that is necessary to thrive? Because if you look at a a zoo animal, the people who take these animals from the wild, if they don't do what I just mentioned and create as close as possible to a wild environment, feed it their wild diet and, and create places where they can at least have more space and be grounded to the earth, these animals don't, they don't, they don't survive. So it's it's an investment for them right but it should be an investment for ourselves to do the same for us. So we're we're trying to recreate nature in a in a zoo-like environment that we have. So we can get air filters and things like that, deionizers and things and, and HEPA filters and things inside the home so that we can clear some of these off-gassing materials that come from carpet, from chemicals from, you know, a lot of this this industrial type of material that is not healthy for the human. And ideally, to go a step further with the concept of air, again, one of the key elements is how are we breathing? You know, and I work a lot, I'm a practitioner that works a lot with people on the concept of body work, not massage, but body work. And we can get a little bit more into that later and and the aspects of the faasha and trigger points in the muscle and the webbing of the body, which is like almost like a mycelial network, right? Inside our body. And it's fascinating. But part of that is why I bring it up is because a lot of times humans, most modern humans, are sitting for long periods of time. Their connective tissues and their hip flexors and some of these kinetic chains are locked in and therefore the diaphragm, your posture, everything is, it's like a sling that's all bunched up. And that makes it hard for us to oxygenate our blood and our bodies effectively because there's a lot of uh, distortions and a lot of pathways that are not clear and free for us to breathe properly. And the breath is life. It's everything, first of all. So I get a lot into these elements and things that we, we don't, a lot of people in our world in the health field focus or hyper-focused on just food. And don't get me wrong, food is very important. And we'll get into that a little bit if you want. But some of these other elements like proper air and water, which we can talk about a little bit now, are essential for humans to thrive and live a completely full picture lifestyle.
0: Well, you made a couple of good points before I get Jason in on this. Going from home to car to box, these are all described in older ways of knowing as angles of sorrow. Uh, it's astonishing how easily we left behind beautiful buildings um, that you actually feel good when you walk into for all these rectangles and squares we live in now. Uh, but I would point out since the onset of Covidius Minimus, A lot of people are not doing that step to their cubicle now. They're staying home. So there really is opportunity to start to implement some of the things you're pointing out. And you also talked about zoo animals and I'll make a simple observation here. I had a lot to do with the San Diego zoo for reasons I'm not going to get into. It had to do with plants, but I got increasingly uncomfortable With the idea that those animals were just slaved out in there and they didn't belong in my view. And I found out that the plant collection at the San Diego Zoo is actually worth more monetarily, which is a horrible thing than the animal collection. Point is, go look at the tigers, go look at the female lions, and they look fat and lethargic. They look exactly like we do. They're not out doing the things they would normally do. And most of them don't look very happy. There's one cat. In the san diego zoo that's been there for years and he just paces the fence line and i can't even it bothers me to an extent where every time i saw it for weeks that would just bother me and so i quit having anything to do with them but i think your idea of the zoo animals is spot on but jason you want to get in on this
1: you know it's interesting with the working from home thing that so many people had to do i wonder if it'll start opening up some eyes who really wouldn't have seen it before, that there's a big difference to your own space and how you do things than going to a cube farm and sitting there with walls up and just white nastiness everywhere and everything squared off. such an environment, the amount of negative energy that must be in a place like that. Oh my God, I can't even fathom it. It
0: is. And and, and we're going to get into light uh, while in this conversation, but just all that fluorescent lighting. But what's happened to the fluorescent lighting. And I fell for this at first, the led, like these long led bulbs are now replacing all the old fluorescent bulbs. And the idea is, Oh, they don't use energy and it's good. And it's that the first time you see them, you're like, damn, man, look how crisp and sharp it is in here. But over time you begin to realize it's, I'm not liking the effect on my eyes and my feelings of these just Way too blue lights, and that's what it is. That's what's bothering you is the amount of blue. Um, that's what's replaced the fluorescent lights. And the thing about going back out into the wild is when you hit solar noon or the high apex of the day, from that point forward, in most cases, the amount of blue hitting your eyes from light decreases as it goes down to the sun. So here's what I noticed to to make a point about the importance of the lighting. I was having trouble going to sleep at night because I was working on the show or some facet of the show off until 10 at night. A friend of mine kicked me this little app you put on your computer called F flux and what it does is you time it to where you are in the world, and as the sun goes down, the amount of blue in your screen is decreased. If you're designing images, you have to get used to it because by the time you're late at night, there's a lot of orange in your monitor. But the first night I did it, immediately my sleep was better. And that kind of points something critically important about what all this technology light is doing to us. I mean, what do you think, John?
1: By the way, there's a trend of late with uh, what they're calling Edison-style bulbs. I'm even using them myself. You can get traditional bulbs or you can get LED bulbs, but they're that softer, much warmer, oranger kind of light. And I notice it doesn't annoy my eyes anywhere near as much as the the straightforward LEDs. I even have them in my studio because it's so much more comforting on my eyes.
0: I took all the LEDs out of this house. I'm back to incandescent, but you're about to jump in there, John.
2: Yeah, well, look, it's great that you just said that because that's exactly what I was going to say. Going back to uh, tending to our environment, if you come to my home At night, um, I I did the same thing uh, for a couple of reasons. and, And I'll tell you one thing, Jason, about your eyes. Part of the thing that some people miss about blue light. So thankfully, blue light, blue light toxicity and artificial blue light and our circadian rhythms is coming up more and more for people because this is a huge, huge factor that we that our ancestors, again, going back to natural humans, didn't really need to address that much because they used to get up with the sun and go down with with the sun as well and when it was dark you had just moonlight or fire and fire represents a red light and we can get into red light a little bit more later but the flicker rate on these bulbs are extremely disturbing for not for your eye and through your eye and superchiasmatic nucleus and the retinal pathway of the of the body it definitely starts to affect your brain function so that feeling when you get that something is almost like buzzing inside your brain and that's it's just it's almost like like a jackhammer is, is a lot of the flicker rate that comes from these modern bulbs and a uh, easy, really quick way that anybody can do that is you can take one of these like smartphones. I know, Crow, you don't have one, but if you take something that takes uh, a slow motion video and you put it on some of these, on most of these led lights and you capture that video and then you play it, you see the flicker rate of that bulb, and 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 it almost blows your mind like oh my god because your eye can't capture it but that slow motion video can capture it and you see it and then you see the slow motion video and you see that bulb flashing poof poof and pulsing poof 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 poof, poof and that pulsing is what's happening in your brain as well so that flicker rate is something that a lot of people miss and 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 going back to changing your bulbs same here man uh, i my my lights go off at a certain time when the sun goes down and the only lights that are available in my house, and even my kids know it are the, the red light bulbs or orange light bulbs that are the old school type of incandescent. Actually, I, I use um, a panel from sauna space, which is one that I, I use for red light therapy and for sauna. And we can dig it a little bit more into that later, but I use that and I turn those on because those mimic that near, near and red infrared light that we get, from, from the sun. That's the actual therapeutic type. And it's a nice red heat lamp that actually doesn't flicker if you, if you use that. So what I'm doing at night is mimicking again, nature, candlelight, you know, fire until everybody's ready to go to bed, which usually it's easier to go to bed when you don't have these artificial blue lights blasting you, giving you a mismatched signal and a mismatched circadian, uh, signal that shuts down your melatonin. And That's why a lot of people are having so many issues sleeping because when you turn on these lights from let's say an iPad a smartphone or even your computer monitor if you, especially if you don't have something like the flux or what I use is which is a little bit better is the iris tech so I can t- I, I can show you it's iristech.co which I I'm pretty sure that's the website it's a form of flux but it also mon- uh, you know manages the flicker rate of your man- uh, of your monitor as well. So I use that as, as the one that pairs my monitor to to the to the light in and out. And what I what I notice is that when I when I turn people onto that, or if they're not ready to let's say exchange all the light bulbs in their in their home, a simple simple thing is getting those blue blocking glasses, those orange glasses that you see on some people and that are being promoted because of the circadian myth, mismatch. Is they actually do work. And I, I can give you a quick story. So I have a client who had been working with a fitness trainer to lose weight (laughs) and and he was doing everything right. And the fitness trainer put him on like a low carb diet and everything. And, and he's, he's, he was given a um, metabolic syndrome, actually a pre-diabetic condition by his doctor. So he was, he was monitoring his blood glucose every single day, every single day. And this guy was worried. He was like, look at John, I calling you because I don't want to get on medication and this and that. And I'm like, you don't have to get on medication. I said, remember a year ago that I told you turn off the Wi-Fi off at night. So switch off your, your breaker. Put on the blue blogging glasses, put this software on your computer and see what happens. Just give me three days and do that. Put on the, the a kill switch in your room. So your bedroom where you sleep has no artificial light and has no non-native EMS in, in the room and see what happens. He texts me the, the next day and he goes, I don't believe this. Just one night of doing that, his number went from, I forget what the number was, man, but it was something like his blood sugar was always around 350 or something like that. And it went down to like, just after one night of this." To like 180 and then after the third night his blood sugar was was normal because of this mismatch your insulin blood sugar control and and diabetic symptoms get get completely off kilter because of the relationship that we have with this light so it's a big deal it's a big deal let's use some examples to
0: illustrate there's no lie in nature let's go back to nature we'll use the rainbow astronomy and water as examples to demonstrate something about the blue light, um, because it's so over abundant in all the artificial tech. And by the way, everyone listening, if you—I'm told—if you have an iPhone, uh, the blue blocker is built into it. I'm not sure that's true, but I've been told that. It's if not enough. Up, if you look up f lux, f l u x, that's Latin for light. F lux. You can install that on your desktop if you're a person who works on computers late at night. And I'll back what John said. First night I did this, I slept better. But let's get back to the rainbow. Blue's always on the bottom when you see a rainbow. Why is that? Science will tell us it's because blue is the shortest wavelength. Now, astronomy will back something up about this in a moment. But when you see the rainbow, think about why red is on the top, longest wavelength, and blue is on the bottom. Now, when you go over to astronomy, anyone who's gone to a place where there's a bunch of telescopes set up will know no one's allowed to have a flashlight. And if you do, it has to be a red flashlight. Here's the reason why. When you go out to use a telescope or sky watch, you have to adjust your lights to no blue light getting into your eyes takes for most people, 25, 30 minutes for an actual chemical change to happen in your eye where you've adjusted to the night and your vision is good. If someone flickers a light with blue in it at you, for the most part, you're starting all over. So what people do is they have flashlights that are using red and they have Blue blocker glasses and other things to protect their seeing because nobody wants to have to stop looking through a scope when you're trying to see subtlety uh, to re chemically change your eyes back, which does for most people take, I don't know, something like a half an hour, but then there's water. You can look up online. What are the first colors that disappear when you start to go down and within a foot or maybe a little more blue disappears quite quickly. So you can use all these observations to understand something about blue light, but I'll back what John said all day. The first night that I put F Lux app on my box to block the blue light, immediately my sleep got better. Anything you want to add into all that light, Jason?
1: Well, I just took a slow-mo video of my LED bulbs with the nice, pleasant orangey light. And indeed, when I watched it back while we were talking, the whole thing's flickering.
0: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and you can you can sometimes see the sickly blue like people will notice since everyone loves to do selfies the kind of most self-centric thing of our era if you're in an LED lighting nothing will look good it's kind of a sickly and with certain cameras that i've seen the shadow looks blue
1: yeah mm-hmm. well these ones are very again they're they're like what they call the edison style so they're very orange like the first light bulbs invented. They're supposed to kind of sort of mimic that. It's that very, the exact opposite of that stark, super white fluorescent. And I do find it pleasant enough, but I got to wonder if I could actually find ones that are old school incandescent, even though I'm sure I'll pay a lot more for my electric bill. It's got to be easier on the eyes, right? Well, let's,
0: let's make a tie here before we move on. Um, we've talked a lot about color and we've talked a lot about cymatics. We're not talking about anything different here. We just are not. If it exists, it vibrates. If it vibrates, you could assign a frequency or a geometric pattern if you were using cymatics to try to illustrate it in some way. And so these things matter if you understand that cymatics is showing you the creation of form. And so we've kind of become blind to make a subtle pun. Uh, To the fact that every time advertising uses color or something else, they're in fact hitting you with a frequency. TV makes huge use of this, and people have no idea how many times have we told you about the hertz rate. You look at the hertz rate on the back of your television, that is the number of times the image is flickering in your face per second. Some of these televisions I've seen recently are going up over 200 hertz. And by the way, just to say it for the umpteenth time, when I was young, hertz was not a word. And that comes from the James Shelby Downer work. That's a dude's name that was related to JFK and that nonsense. Point is, is when I was young, it was called cycles per second, which actually accurately describes something to allow people to think about it in a way. What the hell is Hertz? Well, we know what it means, don't we? Uh, and words have meaning. But John, do you want to kind of drift over towards Wi-Fi and dopamine and tech?
2: Well, we, we can. I definitely want to touch a little bit upon water. But yeah, Wi-Fi and tech. I mean, we see an epidemic of addiction to this this stuff and to this technology, and the supernatural uh, hits of dopamine that people are getting from these devices, and and from again the flicker rate and from the, the 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 extreme amount of vibration that you get from this technology is it's it's incredible. I mean, you see it when you take it off the hands, especially of children which I always, I I'm always like very cautious with my own kids. They ha- they're very limited with it. It's, it's something that's hard for us as parents to deal with because they get exposed to it, uh, through other people and through families and all these things. But when I take particularly one of my sons, he gets almost like a, like a junkie when it gets taken away from him because the dopamine hit and, the, and, and, and then on a cellular level, the reactions that you get with this non-native electromagnetic frequencies and the inflammatory pathway and, and basically taking the mitochondria and filling the, the voltage-gated calcium channels up with excessive amount of calcium, it's very uncomfortable. You know, Your brain goes haywire, but also on a cellular mitochondrial level, your body is, is fighting and creating rea- reactive oxygen species and things like that, that we have to mitigate afterwards by ideally grounding. But at the end of the day, it's the, the best strategy is to limit the exposure as much as possible. And this is done by design. Again, these Wi-Fi towers and, and 5g and all these elements, they're done by design for a purpose. And we can get a little bit more into that later on because you know how, how, you know, the, the situation with limiting your speech nowadays is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge situation, a huge problem. And, and part of, again, part of my mission is always solutions. So what I try to teach people is, okay, how could we take the stress, that excessive dopamine hit and the stress that's being created in your body? And how could we mitigate and limit that? So if people have, you know, let's say an addiction to their phone, it's because more time, more often than not, they have all these signals popping up from Instagram, Facebook, from text message, from all these notifications. And what I always say is turn them off. That's one thing you can do right now is go on your settings, turn all notifications off and then check them purposely, take some time to check them when you need to, but don't have these beeping Pavlovian signals hitting you 24 seven, because number one, your brain doesn't rest. And then you get conditioned to be on edge all the time. And isn't stress one of the number one things that uh, the modern human is dealing with right now, isn't one of the strategies by changing your water, your air, your food. Uh, grounding to the natural rhythms of, of the earth and the electric, then the native electromagnetic frequencies that are healing from the earth by taking off your shoes. Isn't that what we're trying to reduce? Isn't stress one of the, if not the number one killer right now of people and and, and the ones that are potentiating all these mismatches and all these dis eases. So part of it is right staring people in the face and they, they don't know the the effects of it. So my my my. If you're listening to this and you still have notifications on your phone, your laptop, your iPads, and things like that, this is my little mini challenge to you: just turn them off, and you'll see that you'll you'll wind up not missing anything. Most of the time, you check your email for for meetings and information and all that stuff. But if you do it with purpose, it's a different ballgame than it controlling you through the hits of beeping and and all this other stuff.
0: There it is, and I'm going to add something. I was thinking about writing another blog, which. I do when something big comes up, but it occurred to me um, that there, if I was going to give a name to what you were just talking about, I call it marionette syndrome. You're basically a puppet. So if you consider that if you walk to your front door and you decide there's three ways I can go, I can go left, I can go right, I can go straight, depending on which way you go, the remainder of your life will stack up from that decision, right? So if you do left, everything for the rest of your life will be slightly different than if you turned the other way or went straight. So now think about the technology. It's basically turned you into a damn puppet. You're doing whatever you're doing, ding up, stop what you're doing like a little puppet and respond to the Pavlonian bell that just told you to turn on your phone and look at it. And, I may well end up writing about this because I considered that it could be called marionette syndrome where the technology is just puppeting you out. And what's worse is now Google and other places are doing things like nudges, which further puppet you out. So you go to answer the email and then it's nudging you to do these things, or it's pre canned some responses. So you don't have to type. Uh, And it's completely puppeting out a human life. In other words, every time you respond to one of those notifications, the remainder of your life will stack up for whatever you do in that moment, which is true of all of us. It's just a bit different when you're deciding to make a left or a right or go to the store or don't go to the store or go visit a loved one or don't. Instead, it's like ding Pavlov's calling if you follow.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's gotten so far, Crow, that sometimes you don't even need the ding and you see people's behavior around the technology and they're almost like looking for the ding and it hasn't even happened. That's how much it's, it, it's, it's, it, people are turning into that. And if we wanna go back to the issue of light, we actually do gravitate towards light. The light is very healing, natural light. So we look towards the sun, we look to that fire at night, that, that red light that soothes you and you're like almost, almost like mesmerized in a good way about it. And what did we used to do? So, so people think, well, what, what do you want me to go to bed as soon as the sun goes down? Well, I have stuff to do and I, I don't necessarily want to go to bed immediately. So what I say is, okay, what did we used to do before? We used to gather around a fire and maybe tell stories and hand down certain lineages and skills and pass on information that was, was passed on through stories. So that fire has been substituted by a television. And that artificial light from the television is not come close to being the same type of light source, that light source that, that fire represented. So now we're addicted to that light, but it's the wrong kind of addiction. It's it's an unnatural addiction. So it goes back to that as well. What I like to tell people again, solutions, right? Solutions. What do we do? Because we've been bombarded by this stuff. There's, there's, there's cell phone towers all over the place. We can't knock those down. Uh, and that's not it's not about that until like the whole system just goes and, and gets a, a complete uh, <laughs> flushing and, and reorganization. But what can we do right now? So ideally, ideally, when you're at home, uh, you might want to consider wiring your home with fiber optic and getting rid of the Wi-Fi altogether. If by any chance you can't do that, then go on your breaker and check out where your Wi-Fi, which is what one of the things that I used to do before the wiring, you know, I had a breaker that was where my router was connected and I built the habit every single night of the last thing I do before I go to bed is poof, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. So that Wi-Fi was not running while we were sleeping because restorative sleep is one of the ways that you build immunity. Restorative sleep is one of the ways that uh, you build growth hormone and all the regenerative, regenerative aspects of the body at night while you're healing, you're sleeping while you're sleeping, you're healing. Uh, So you turn that off, obviously, you know, the farther you are from the phone, the better. And I'm not talking about these little antennas that are are now the cool thing to do, right? I'm I'm talking about either you speaker when you have to speak on the phone or you use the actual wired, ideally with like a, a, a little tube that dissipates that signal to, to use your earbud. So you don't, you don't ever want to put that phone on your brain. Uh, so these are the things that we can do immediately. Turn off notifications, turn off your Wi-Fi at night, ideally get wired or, and, and make sure that phone is as far away as possible from your head and never on your body. We, there's some research and things like that. I don't have it in front of me, but that's showing that women who use, who put their phones in their bras near their breasts, tend to have higher incidences of breast challenges, if I can say it that way, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Lumps and things like that, that accumulate in the lymphatic system of the outer part of the breast which usually is also, you know, compressed because of the bra itself, but that's another thing. So going back to like the body work thing. So these are some of the things that we can do. And by the way, get grounded every single day by taking off your shoes, find a patch in your backyard or anywhere. If you don't have a backyard anywhere that you can take your food, your, your, your shoes off and put your, your bare feet on the ground, that will take that, that charge, that accumulated charge, and dissipate it into the ground, into the natural frequencies of the earth that will take it. And it's anti inflammatory and it helps with immunity as well.
0: Okay, John, I realized what you were talking about. I skipped water. Are there things there that we missed? But I i wanna get through the four kingdoms of food the magnesium, yeah. the fats, the shilajit, and the detoxing. Um, so we're gonna have to start to kind of rapid fire. Was there things that we skipped over that matter about the
2: water? Well, okay, so to simplify water, we're designed to drink pure, pristine water. Usually that's not available to most people nowadays. So what I tell them is, if we want to go into it real quick, go to pristinehydro.com or livepristine.com. And, and that's basically what's called a water revival system. And one of the reasons I like their technology as far as reviving the tap water is because it fil- it filters out every single thing, even the signatures of pharmaceutical uh elements that are in the municipal water system and it uses that through seven stages before it goes into the magnesium bicarbonate cartridge which is basically putting the electrolyte salts back in the water it's vortexing the water and then it runs it through lodestone and quartz crystal if you go back to what i just said Basically, it's recreating what the natural hydrological cycle of the planet is and what's called, it's known sort of like Hunza water, which has that like light milky magnesium bicarbonate or electrolyte salts, potassium, sodium, calcium, bicarbonate, and silicon in that water. This gentleman from California who created the system did it with that purpose because unfortunately, even, you know, even spring water and well water sometimes has, heavy minerals or, or dissolved solids that accumulate in your body. And then your body has to filter that. So what we want to do is try to get the best quality, pristine water you can get. And if you're starting off with something, that's a filter that doesn't have all the other stuff that I mentioned, put a pinch of salt into it, put a little squeeze of lemon into it, make that water become living again. And those are the two main things to start to focus on the journey of getting a better water to drink. Because if you think about the composition of the body, we're technically 70% water. And if then we could go even beyond that and the cell matrices and the gels inside our body and the type of structure water inside our bodies, that's a pretty big deal. It's almost like a fish tank, right? In the fish tank, you can get the best fish flakes you can give organic non-GMO <laughs> for a fish. But if that water is dirty, that fish is not having a good time. So, the water becomes more important for that. And we're almost like a walking fish tank in many ways. So that's one of the things that I definitely want to just like put out there as far as the water. It's a big deal. It's one of the main elements and and we have to just go on a journey to see what water are we drinking right now and how can we escalate to something else and how much can we invest in ourselves? So that's definitely something I wanted to touch upon the water. How many people
0: out there listening right now are drinking fluoridated water from the city? Um, when I was in San Diego, that became a thing. wasn't too long ago they decided they're going to fluoridate the hell out all the water. But this is a critical, critical thing, getting good water. But uh, Jason, you want to lead us into the four kingdoms of food? I want to burn through the last point of our hour one. I don't want to drop anything off the hour one notes that we have. So let's let's move.
1: Let's take two seconds just to once again say, do not drink the fluoridated water. I use an Alexa Pure gravity filter. You could also get a Berkey water filter or a ProPure is the other company. They all do the same thing. As long as you get the full filter that's got the fluoride remover in it, you're good to go. It's what I use. I cannot recommend these enough. But all right, so let's get into the four kingdoms of food. So I I definitely loved the idea of how to make the coconut milk and all that because I use a lot of coconut stuff here. So let's start with that. That's awesome. That is just fantastic.
2: Yeah. I, and I love that one too, because a lot of people right now they're having allergies to dairy. Uh, some people do okay with it. Some people don't, even some people can't drink even raw milk from an Amish farmer and they're turning into alternative milks. Right. And, and, and the problem with most of the milk in the markets is that usually they have gums, uh, carrageenan, uh, they have a lot of things that create irritation in the gut. So ideally we want to make some of these milks, especially from coconut, which is the good quality fat from scratch. And again, it's another thing where people are like, oh man, this is something else that I have to do. But I figured a way that where we can use that pure coconut cream and blend that with hot water, a little bit of sunflower seed lecithin, a little bit of sea salt and create almost an emulsification of that fat with hot water, add a little extra water and uh, and and then strain it. And you get a gallon of pure coconut milk without any ingredients that are not good for your body. It's completely natural. And it's like, <laughs> it costs like what a bar of coconut cream costs like three bucks and a little bit of salt and this and that. You can get a much more higher product that's financially better for you in just five minutes. It takes five minutes. And, and you know what? I can, I can make a video and put it on the on the, on the pro triple seven or, or send you guys a recipe so we can put it on the pro triple seven membership site to put some of this stuff or eventually, you know, I'm working on a YouTube channel and all these things, but it takes time. I have four kids, (laughs) but we should,
0: we should link to these things. Uh, and by the way, just to underscore what you're saying, coconut's a big deal. I was dealing with dementia and coconut butter, uh, which is a good fat. I'm using that. Like it's going out of style uh, to good result. Jason's using coconut products. People should not overlook coconut, but of course you don't want crap off the supermarket shelf. That's why we have people like Clive and Amanda and David Avocado Wolf, all good purveyors of good products.
2: Yeah, I agree. And then going going back to that, I mean, I use I use that as my base to get extra nutrition into my into my. Diet. I use things like raw, high-quality cacao, which is cocoa powder, which is high magnesium. It has a, a lot of antioxidants. It has MAO inhibitors that are really good for brain function, and to manage that dopamine hit from the to from uh, from the electronics. I put maca in there for hormones, pine pollen in there, tocotrinos, which is a form of uh, vitamin E that comes from the bran of rice. And there's so many things you can use to create like a an elixir or a drink that is an, a, a truly nutritional shake. Uh, of sorts, you know? So, and that coconut milk is my base and it's night and day different from anything you get in the, in the supermarket, anything that comes in a, in a bottle uh, over there and in a carton and that, that are actually giving people, especially things like soy that has estrogens and, and some of these other elements that are giving people a false sense of, oh, this is a healthy alternative to milk and it's not working out for them. So I definitely like to share about that stuff. So, Um,
0: so we're running out of time. We need to start Putting the pedal to the metal because I want to get these things into hour one. Let's talk quickly about fats. What are the right fats? And what's PUFA? P U F A, PUFAs.
2: And uh, great. Uh, I was actually going to get into that because PUFA stands for polyunsaturated fatty acids. These are the unstable, oxidized, rancid fats that were drilled into us in the early 50s because of, again, industry. These are things like canola oil, soybean oil, uh, sunflower oil. Some of the, these are b- primarily vegetable oils that are long chain and are very heat unstable. And these turn rancid and, and oxidize and create what's called a uh, yellow fat disease or lipofuscin. And this creates inflammation. It creates almost like a sludgy type of effect in your cells. These are not the fats that humans are 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 meant to to thrive on. Yeah. Well, what are the good what are the good fats?
0: The yeah. good fats? I'm sorry st- to
2: push, but I don't no, want no, no, to I was going to draw saturated fat. Saturated fat or monounsaturated fat from olive oils. These are your staple fats. Things like grass-fed butter and ghee, coconut or coconut oil, uh, and olive oil. Those tend to be some of the staples. I mean our ancestors and our grandparents used to use things like uh, beef towel. Again, saturated fat. They're very stable and 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 they don't become rancid and oxidized. What else Uh, you want to talk about this makes fat soluble vitamins naturally from the food more available and also are more uh, creates more nutrient density as well. So these fats are very important. Changing your fat is one of the first steps that I get my clients on when they're trying to change their diet. So let's keep moving here. Let's get
0: into magnesium. This one's near and dear to my heart. Everyone will remember, I don't know, something like a year ago, I was told I had to get my finger cut because I was getting that, what do they call it? Trigger finger locking of my Mm -hmm. finger. I was on the air with Clive, me and Jason were doing a show with him. He said, Hey man, take that magnesium. I sent you during the course of the show. It was better. I now take Clive's magnesium, which is good stuff. Uh, Clive to Carl I'm talking about. There's a link under every episode to his stuff. I take two of them six times a day. You find the balance as everyone knows, magnesium can put you in the toilet. You do not want to take enough magnesium to keep you on the toilet all day. That's not helpful. So you find your balance, but let's get into that. Everyone needs magnesium. And I'll tell you what I'm astonished. If I skip a day or two, I can already tell I need magnesium. You burn through it.
2: Yeah, excellent. That's what I was going to get into. Um, there's a burn rate for magnesium and stress is the number one driver of that. The more stress, the, the more magnesium, magnesium deficient you are. Even Mayo Clinic says 90% of Americans are magnesium, magnesium deficient because we have to replenish that every single day. I'm a big fan of bicarbonates. Bicarbonate is a form that the pancreas makes magnesiums and all the other electrolyte salts. But the one that you described is pretty great. Um, You can even use baths. You can even use magnesium chloride as a spray on topically so you can get it transdermally. But the point is that magnesium is involved in over a thousand uh, and probably more enzymatic functions of the body. It's anti-inflammatory. It, it, it's essential for mitochondrial function and everything that you need. And of course, for sleep and stress and, and all that stuff. If you have headaches, dizziness, you know tension in your back and, and abnormal heart rhythms, tingling, poor digestion and things like that, magnesium is always in that mix because it it's dependent on everything and I talk a lot about calcification or accumulation of calcium which is what you describe with your hands right this arthritis tends to be, for the most part, it's not always that, but for the most part, it tends to be an accumulation of, of deposits in the soft tissue of calcium. Calcium that's not taken and driven into the bones and where it needs to be. And magnesium is an antagonist for calcium, and it has an in, uh, a relationship where they both where when your magnesium is good, your calcium is also going to be driven into the areas and not accumulate in a negative way. So
0: that's, that's that. All right, let's jump into the shilajit. Um, we've had guests talking about it, but I like the way that you put the definition behind it.
2: Yeah. Shilajit in the traditional Ayurvedic system, which is the Indian system, has been known as the uh, destroyer of weakness or the panacea. And the reason I'm extremely uh, passionate about it and why I've been using this as a staple, quote unquote, supplement, because it's a, it's a food, basically. Shilajit is like a mineral pitch that's harvested in places like the Himalayan mountains, some, some smoky mountains here in the United States. And it has over 84 organic, organic plant-based minerals, which is what should be in the soil, which we don't have in the soil anymore. And that's why I take this stuff every single day because what's missing in the soil. I try to get it from things like this, this mineral pitch called shilajit. How do you take it? How do you ingest it? Okay. So there's a couple ways you can take it. Uh, there's a powder form. So if you can, you can mix it with water and drink it like that. Some people use it in like milk or coconut milk, but it has a strong flavor. So a lot of people don't take it. And my point is the thing that matters is, is being consistent with it. So there's a company that I use, uh, that's a friend of mine. He, his, his company is called Mitolife and he has uh, a resin of the shilajit in tablet forms and it's pure. It has nothing else in it. It's just the, 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 the resin, which is what the shilajit is. And people can just take those and drink them with water, like a pill. So that's one of the best ways to do it because you actually get it done. It has natural full humic acids. These are things, these are weak organic acids that actually help with detoxing the body and getting things out of the body that are not supposed to be there. And it's gentle and it's and it and it works with the natural uh intelligence of the body as well. So this is like uh basically it's a like microbial life and ancient flora, fauna, and and rocks that basically wore down into this mineral pitch that has been, you know, extracted and cleaned and it's completely like changes your, your world. This is one of the things that I've been taking for years that I don't stop. And I still feel it because I try many things and sometimes I'm like, ah, this doesn't do anything. This does, but this time always gives me focus energy. And I know it's, it's being something that's missing from my diet. All right. What do we
0: need to squeeze in before we begin to wrap up hour one? And by the way, I got to ask, John, um, are you going to give out contact like an email or anything? And I'll give you the warning I give everyone. (laughs) If you put out an email in hour one, you will probably be overwhelmed. If you put an email out in hour two, less so, but it can still stack right up. Uh, Do you have plans to be contactable?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. Let's go for it. I'll do my best. And and whoever's listening to this and tries to contact me through the email and if I can't get to (laughs) you I'm trying my best because if if you're right about that uh but I'm open to it because part of me is part of my mission is to educate people help people along the way I know there's a lot we've been talking about here and there's so much more and this is about building habits and lifestyle practices. So I'm getting ready to launch like a like a group coaching program very soon. And if people are interested in that then that's where the email comes in or or going into the rewildingcovet.com you can probably reach me through there but my email is shot as my last name, S-C-H-O-T-T, the word health at gmail.com. So it's shothealth at gmail.com. There's a way to subscribe to my website, which is shothealth.com or the rewildingcovid.com. If you subscribe to that email list, then you'll be uh you'll get me because like everybody's been seeing, people have been dropped from the other channels of social media where people can't get a hold of anybody anymore because they've been shutting their accounts down. So that's definitely a sure way to to get a hold of me is to just sign up to that email address. I don't bombard people with anything. Uh it's just a communication tool. And when I launch programs and things like that, that's probably the best way that they can get to me. So Yeah, that's that's one of the recent
0: fake crimes. Talking about healthy things has been coming under fire. It's it's beyond the pale. And anyone who sees that can't put one and one together. I don't know what to tell you, but Jason, yeah. you wanna get anything in before we wrap up?
1: Is there anything you want to comment on, just to wrap up the food side of things, on just how lacking in nutrition, the modern, over-the-counter stuff, just normal grocery store items, how bad it is, how how much that they're just seriously lacking in nutrition? Because if you go back 150, 200 years, there was no need to worry about any of these things. You You got what you needed out of the soil. It was in the food that you ate, and that just really doesn't seem to be the case anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not great, man. When we start factoring things like glyphosate, genetically modified foods, acid rain, NPK, NPK, which is the only three minerals that they put to make these crops grow and look beautiful, but are basically devoid of all the micronutrients and the, the minerals that the full produce is supposed to have. And most of this food is coming like that. It's basically an industrialized concept just to make money and just to take and squeeze the life out of these poor farmers that are trying to do something right before that there was a lot more nutrient density, not only in the soil, but in the way that we're raising and moving crops and trying to go by seasons and things like that. So as far as the diet goes, you know, also the ancestral practices involve things like creating good quality bone broths, creating, again, the point of the four uh, four kingdoms of food is to weave a story about ecosystems being part of our diet. You have animal foods, you have plant foods, you have bacterial foods that come from fermented foods and, and cultured foods like kimchi and sauerkraut. And then you have the, the mushroom kingdom, which is not only just edible mushrooms, but you got the the powerful medicinal mushrooms, which we can get into our two, because that's 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 a tool right there, man. That's a tool that a lot of people uh, in, in big industries are trying to squash so that people don't have access to these things that are actually very profound. So that's one of the things I would definitely want to end with as far as the four kingdoms and the food and diet part is don't get lured into a diet. You know, if you look at the first three letters of that word is D I E die diet is, is a mentality. And it's a, it's a, it's a paradigm that has been pushed on us to sell books, to sell products, to sell all these things, look towards nature, look towards nature what our ancestors were doing. How were we, you know, involved into those ecosystems and check out those main four kingdoms of food. Because if you start to look at your food and your real food diet that way, or eating program, then you start to get your answers that are good for you because some people thrive on high plants and low animal foods and other people's thrive with a little bit more animal foods and less plant foods. Everybody's a little bit different, but if we make that our staple in our foundation for a good, healthy eating program, that's natural to the human, which is an, a conscious omnivorous type of eating. And if you actually go seasonal and go local as much as possible to the environment you're in, Because that'll look very different from me who's close to the tropics where I have an abundance of tropical fruit and coconuts and things like that versus somebody who's living up north. And those are things that are context-based. And that's one of the things that I definitely want to leave out there for people to, to start to explore. Don't explore a fat diet. Don't explore something that somebody else is telling you is good for you. You have the power inside of you to tune into your innate intelligence and your innate heart and soul and know this is really good for me as long as it's natural, as long as something is coming from your environment. So, all right, guys, um, it's time
0: for us to wrap up to refresh minds. John Schott has a book coming out called Rewilding COVID. Uh, the information is at the front of this clip, but it will be on Amazon. Rewilding COVID membership. will see a link in comments below with anything else that gets linked, like the possible video he's talking about In hour two, we're going to talk about natural birth. That's getting to be a big idea, particularly with all the legal episodes we've done. The idea of natural birth is starting to kind of mesh with the legal ideas. We're going to talk about immunity versus vaccines, things like covidius minimus, uh, circumcision, getting rid of nanoparticles, borax, turpentine, and EMF on the mitochondrial function, And we'll try to make it to the point where we close out with infrared and red light therapy. And there was a whole episode that Jason and I wanted to do on a guy named Dinshaw. I can't remember his last name. It's Indian. Um, But the the book that I read on him, it's astounding what light therapy, the claims they are making on the things it cured. But that does bring our one of episode 305 to a close. We hope you'll join us at crow777radio.com, crrow 777 radiocom for hour two, which will cover the things I just laid down. And by the way, the circumcision thing alone, till about three or four years ago, I had no idea what was actually going on when circumcision occurred. It's, it's almost like an attack on the rights of young boys. But there it is, man. Join us on the other side at crow 77 radiocom and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.